My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. I'm coming to you from the Hickson campus of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And we'd love to have you come and visit us. But if you're not in the area, please go to OurSundaySchool.com to see all of the resources we saw in class. You'll notice on your handout, if you get your handout, that nothing is marked, nothing is highlighted. That's because you get to help me this morning by doing some work. So the first thing we want to do is to um, read Mark 4. And Bruce is going to do that for me. He's not going to read quite all of it. Um, But he's going to go through the scripture we're looking at today, verses 21 through 25, and then on to verse 34. And we're going to stop before um, Jesus calms the storm. But there's one thing I want you to do this morning as we read. I want you to, if if you're looking at your Bible, I want you to turn it over. If you're looking at your phone, I want you to turn it off. I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to listen as Bruce reads this. Okay. Thank you, man. There's a lamp blocked in under a basket or under a bed. 
Thank you. So did that make a difference in reading God's word by closing your eyes, not looking at it, but listening to it? Could you hear some things maybe that you haven't heard before? What is one of those key repeated words that we heard this morning? Listen. Listen. You have ears to hear, listen. In fact, that's how Jesus starts this um, passage in Mark 4 with listen. I wanted to talk for just a couple minutes about parables, about why we read the parables, why we study the parables. Um, Jim gave us a great uh, definition of parables, um, but we haven't, we haven't talked about looking at them, studying them, reading them. Um, Let me give you another definition to go along with Jim's definition, and that is to place beside or to cast alongside. It's a story that places one thing beside another thing for teaching, and it's usually a known next to an unknown. So in the parable of the sower, what is known? What's known to everybody in that society that Jesus is talking about? Right, farming, right? Sowing the seed. A sower, a farmer, and the seed that he sows. And then there's the spiritual. And he, Jesus doesn't explain that to everybody, right? He just explains the meaning of the parable to his disciples. Um, <clears throat> why, why did Jesus talk in parables? Anybody? <laughs> yeah, cookies on the lower shelf. I like that. Oh. Mm-hmm. Right. To hide the truth, to hide something, but also to make something apparent. Right? 
who was it apparent to? Who understood or who got the meaning of it? Hmm? Those who would be his children, right, right. Members of the family. Um, I tell this little story. I led a group for years of teenagers um, at the ministry that I work at in Bible study. And we were studying Matthew, so we were studying lots of, of parables. And we got to talking about the meaning of parables and talking about what we're talking about today. And so one of my students raises their hand and says, Oh, it's family talk. And we all sat there and we, we thought about it for a minute. I went, how profound is that? And then later on in um, that particular time in our season in our life, our daughter was um, dating Tim and Mila's son. And so Caleb was over at the house one night for dinner, and we're sitting there talking, you know, and somebody, I don't even remember what was said, but somebody says something, and the whole table erupts, except for Caleb. And it was like, he's going, okay, they clearly know something I don't know. So Rachel lovingly explained to him what we were talking about. And then, of course, when he met the person we were talking about, or the reference that we had referred to, he automatically knew who that was and why, you know, why the conversation went like it did. So family talk. All right. So what are what should we do when we study the parables? Here's a, a few things to remember when you study parables. Um, keep them in context. Context is always king when it comes to studying the Word of God. And it's no different with a parable. So you're going to want to look at what came before, what comes after that parable, what the flow of thought is. Pay real close attention to what incident caused Jesus to tell this parable and who is he speaking to? So, um, the parable of the Good Samaritan is a result of the lawyer's question, who is my neighbor? So knowing that makes a lot more sense as to what Jesus said. Um, you're going to look for the main truth or the meaning of the parable. Sometimes it's stated or sometimes Jesus goes back and explains it. Um, an example of that is the prodigal son. And the meaning of that is that God receives and forgives sinners. There are lots of secondary truths in the parable of the prodigal son, but the main focus of the parable is what you want to look at. Don't impose any meaning beyond what is clearly stated or implied by Jesus telling the parable and who he's telling it to. So let me give you a good example of that. We've all heard the story of the Good Samaritan. We've all heard the sermons about the Good Samaritan. And we've all heard things like, well, the road from Jerusalem to Jericho goes down. So does the road to hell. Um, that everybody is robbed by Satan and left to die. Well, some of those are probably true. But that's not the main 
focus of the parable. So you definitely want to identify the central and focal idea of the parable. You interpret the parables in the context of the culture also. So by that we mean um, what was going on in biblical times. It helps when you um, look at the parable of the, the virgins, the wise and the foolish virgins. It's helpful to understand the marriage um, culture, rituals, and things like that in that society. You definitely don't want to take our society, our cultures, our traditions, and impose them on the parable. <clears throat> and you don't want to establish doctrine in a parable when it's not the primary focus of the parable. They're given to illustrate doctrine, but not to declare it. Um, Warren Wiersbe says, or compares parables to the windows of a house, not the foundation of a house. So they're there to clarify things. You can see out, you can see in, but they're not the foundation. And they shouldn't be made the foundation. Does that help? Um, when we look at the, um, the, like the prodigal son, there are lots of things that get added and subtracted or talked about in the prodigal son. But like that one that we talked about earlier, the focus of that one is um, that God receives and forgives sinners. Um, I just wanted to, to talk about that a little bit because of something Jim said last week in the lesson when he talked about putting ourselves in the parables. Um, so undoubtedly, as you're reading parables, you're going to see yourself or you're going to see a lesson or learn a lesson from them. But try not to put yourself in the parables and try not to make every little thing in a parable represent something that you understand or you see now. Okay? that help? All right. Now, you need your sheet, and you need three colors on the table. So there's some other colors up here. It's just three different colors. Um, doesn't matter which ones. What I want you to do is I want you to take your sheet... And I want you to read through the scripture, and it's going to be the red letters. You don't have to read the other stuff in between. So it'll take you a minute to, to get a rhythm reading it. But just read the red letters, the words that are written in red, and I want you to mark lamp or light, anything relating to lamp or light, and I want you to mark here. Like hearing with your ears. So just take a minute and use two colors. Mark light or lamp exactly the same way and mark here with a different color. And save your third color for later.
Is everybody done? Oh, that, this is yes. This is no. Yes, everybody's done. Okay, good. Okay, so as you marked lamp or light, what did you learn about it? Speak up. Hey, what else did you learn? What? You don't have to look at the black words. We're just looking at the word lamp. A lamp or a light is meant to be seen. Good, good. When you um, when the electricity goes out in your house, it's storming or um, it's snowing, something like that, and the lights go out, and you're all gathered in the living room. You've got the candle or you've got the you know the oil lantern. Where do you usually put it? Right. Usually up higher, right? Maybe on the mantle if you have a fireplace or on a shelf up higher so that it casts more light over the, um, over the area, right? <clears throat> what else do you learn about light? You marked it again in verse 22. So what do you learn from verse 22? Right, right. Something hidden being revealed. Have you, um, has anybody ever been Spelunking or on a cave tour, gone to the cave someplace. Uh-huh. So, you know, you get down in the middle of the cave, and what does the guide do? He turns off the lights, right? And what happens? It's so dark, you cannot even see your hand in front of your face. That's right. But then when he turns the light back on, what's it like? Yeah. Did you see her? Did you see her face? It's like, whoa, you know, it's almost startling how much you can see when he turns the lights back on. Mm -hmm. So something hidden will be revealed. Okay, let's talk about ears and hearing. What did you learn from marking those two words? Uh-huh. Being silly to teach a lesson, you know, you know. Oh, would you, you know, here's a lamp. Let's go ahead and put it under a under a basket. Uh-huh. Oh, no, you don't do that. That's silly. <laughs> Nobody's learning. Nobody's like, hold on, slow down, Jesus. I got to write this down. You don't put a lamp under a basket. Yeah. Man, this is new stuff. <laughs> this is fantastic. I've been putting it under my bed this whole time. I should have been putting it on a shelf. Don't worry. Nobody did that. You know. Right. So, 
this next thing I'm about to say should be that obvious. Mm-hmm. That Mm-hmm. Pretty clear, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, what about hearing? What'd you learn? Okay. Hearing is listed twice as many times as light is. Which might indicate in these verses it's important. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Right. Generally speaking, most people have ears. And what are ears meant to do? Right. 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 So you definitely, if you did not mark pay attention the same way that you marked ears or with the same color, you might want to draw attention to that in your, um, in your handout. Pay attention. Okay, let's look through, um, let's look through and look at the meaning of the words. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm so glad you all said that because I had that illustration. We used to do that with our kids all the time. Take their little faces in our hands and say, do you hear me? Mm -hmm. um, just looking at the mechanics, there's large crowds according to the verse, verse 1. Uh -huh. And there are very, very few people that are understanding the parables that he's discussing. And so far we understand that it's actually only the disciples. So it means that there's a really large number of people that are hearing these parables, not understanding them, and they're either showing up again because large crowds continue. Or the interpretation is such that there's new coming. Regardless, mm -hmm. except there are really large number of people that are willing to go hear a message and walk away without actually understanding. How many of them like us as well want to say things before we actually listen to really what's going on and really aren't catching because we're so wanting to make our point about things that not really listen to the master share it. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was very good. <laughs> very good. I think a key part of that could be that it's just that his his messages are so compelling. These stories are old stories; they've been around for a long time. But the way he's telling them, there's something a little bit different about it. So it's possible that a lot of them could keep coming back, hoping that he'll explain it or that they'll finally get it or you know, finally understand what he's talking about. That they that understand that. What are you saying is important. I just need to understand it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so as I, I look back over this, I keep hearing that the disciples understood it. 
Nobody understood. Okay, so let me ask this question. I'm so, go ahead. Solid food, yes. <laughs> Okay, so what are these verses? The lamp, the ears to hear, the revelation, what's hidden will be made. Our version says manifest. That word manifest means revealed or disclosed. Um, and we haven't even gotten to the measure, so we won't go there just yet. Um, but what do these verses have to do with the, re the beginning of the chapter? How do they tie together? What's the flow of thought? Did Jesus just 
out of the clear blue, he's been talking about a farmer. He's been talking about sowing seed. He tells them what the seed is. And then all of a sudden he just goes, okay, well, you know, a lamp. You don't bring it in and put it under a bed or under a basket. How do they relate? Um, look back in chapter 3 since we're talking about context this is a really good example what were they looking for actually go all the way back to the beginning of chapter 2 nope chapter 1 what had Jesus been doing and why were these people coming to him what were they looking for? He was healing. He was healing. Right. They wanted something, didn't they? I'm looking back at verse uh, chapter 3. Uh, I'm sorry. Verse 10 in chapter 4. And he says, And when he was alone, there rose with him the twelve, asking about the parables. He said, You would think it was the kingdom of God. He's teaching them about the kingdom of God. Savior's here to introduce the kingdom. And to me, 
here's a loving Savior, and he's producing all of these parables, but there's just so much information to come across, and these the parables are one way he was doing it. <laughs> well, let me, um, I know we got to quit, but somebody, somebody read, I'll read, I got it. I'm just going to leave you with this thought. I want you to think about, we didn't get to all the words, Jim, sorry, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I really want you to think about this week. How do these verses fit in the scheme of Mark 4? In the scheme of the whole book of Mark? Let me leave you with this and ponder this this week. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And then drop down to verse 14. This is John 1. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Okay, so that's your homework. All right, y'all fill out your, your sheet and add your prayer requests and share your prayer requests and pray. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and to our weekly email. You can do both at OurSundaySchool.com.